Hello, friends, and welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from Lake Forest Church, all about the messages we hear each and every week. I'm your host, Nathan Story. It's good to be back with you. We took a week off last week, a lot going on as we were working towards um, getting into our new building in just a few months, and we just found that we were at critical mass last week, and so we didn't get to hear from Mitch, who spoke with us, continuing in the whole story series, but we're ex- uh, very excited to have, we, we call these the hard-hitting one-on-one episodes with none other than brent campbell hey brent thanks for coming back hey nathan good good to be here you know i always love it yeah when we say uh when we happen happen to have just uh the speaker and then myself or whoever's hosting we, we joke that these are real like the real hard-hitting questions yeah yeah and actually it ends up being more conversational and actually probably more relaxed because you don't have as many ideas swir- swirling around but yeah thanks for coming yeah. and taking the time to do this man oh, of course you know i love it i I, I'm long-winded, so I never have a problem talking. It's great. <laughs> All right, hour and a half long episode. Let's do it. <laughs> well, Brent was gracious enough to come out to Westlake again and preach for us. Always a gift to have you uh, have the, the the pulpit for for a day. And um, we are in the whole story, a message where we are actually audaciously trying to pick and choose uh, passages of scripture to go through the Bible in a whole year and. And Brent was speaking about Psalm 73 this past week. And the easy one. The easy one. We're, so we're going to talk about easy. that message. What's that? I said they always give me the easy ones, you know? Yeah, well, so let's start there. What, what did you get to pick this passage? Did Aaron say, do whatever you want? Or, or how no, did this no, work? No. He said, you full have disclosure. to do this one? Yeah, no, full disclosure. Sometimes um, when I'm filling in, Aaron's like, hey, this is kind of... They'll give me a general location. Hey, we're in this book within these couple of chapters. Anyone that piques your interest. And, you know, so plenty yeah, of times yeah. like that. This time, um, I didn't have as many options because it was a little okay. more structured. Right? We're going through the whole story thing. So um, it was essentially, I, I was. it was more like between, I was given a couple of options, right? Like, okay. hey, this one or this one. And so he's like, I think you could you could do the confusing experience of faith. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Well, so we love uh, here at Tell Us More. We love cutting room floor stuff. So, what were the other options that you had to pick from? Do you remember at all? Or, man, I I don't remember at all. I don't remember because this is oh, okay. I mean, this was two months ago, maybe. Yeah, so and we you were, mentioned it to me. Yeah, Aaron's on sabbatical, and so we've had kind of had preachers in the hopper for a while. Um, yeah. So that's right. It was a while ago. Well, so what what about? So how did you prepare? We talked a little bit last time you were here. I think was it even last. You, last when when did you preach last Brent? How long has it been? Do you remember? It we have what, two kind of creative I, people, head in the clouds people, a little bit on the show today. So oh, yeah, yeah, neither yeah. of us, I don't think, have memory or, or dates and numbers as a as a strong suit here. <laughs> no, I, I was I married. Had a, yes, was oh, yeah. yeah. So was this your I, first time at the Y? Had you been to the Y before? No, I hadn't. It was my first time. Okay, so it was before it was before November. So been, been yeah, a while, I guess. It might have been last summer, right? Okay. Like about a year or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah. So Psalm 73 is difficult in the sense that, one, it's a psalm. Psalms can be hard to preach through. This period, it's like I'm not yeah. practice preaching through psalms. Uh, I don't particularly enjoy it, if I'm being honest. Like I, don't, I like narratives. I like the epistles. You know, psalms are harder to preach from. Yeah, because uh, they're, they're kind of like they're kind of just like dudes venting, right? They're yes. kind of just like somebody's journal. It's like preachings yeah. from somebody's journal. 
<laughs> it is. And sometimes it can feel a little like, I don't think necessarily Psalm 73 is this, uh, is the right example for this, but sometimes preaching through a Psalm can feel a little bit like I'm doing something with this Psalm that what it was not meant for. A bit. Oh yeah. You can, I mean, you can, you can feel that way, not with all the Psalms, right? Cause Jesus quotes the Psalms in sort of preaching format. So it's not like, I mean, and he probably knows what he's doing. So it's, that's not the issue. But, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, I don't know if this is, maybe we just read this 10 times and sit, you know, like yeah. maybe that would be yeah. better than preaching on it. But either way, Psalm 73, um, it was good, obviously, on some pretty difficult stuff. Why did the wicked prosper while yeah. the righteous seem to suffer yeah. almost? Um, so you have some of that theodicy or, you know, like, what do we do with the pain of the world? And god's apparent slowness you know like jesus is coming back when soon yeah and then you're like two thousand years later yeah yeah, yeah. Um, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day so right <laughs> so um no it was, it was it was good it challenged me um and i went through a lot of different iterations of how i wanted to to share on it but i'm i'm pleased with how it turned out so yeah it was, it was wonderful and, and always so uh I told you afterwards on Sunday that it's always so challenging uh, when you preach, but also so grace-filled. And I think that as God's heart for his people, he wants to challenge us. He wants to not have us be stagnant, but he also has an abundance of grace. And I think you model that really well, man. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate it's so, it. Yeah, it's such a challenge. I love I love the Psalms. I, I don't know if I would love preaching through them. I, I see the, the difficulty as you're mentioning. Uh, but I, I've always identified with them as a as a somewhat creative person and somebody who likes to write music and stuff because they just feel, uh, like I said, they just feel like somebody just kind of vo word vomiting. Yep. <laughs> so they very much feel like some of the most, and this is an audio podcast, but I'm using air quotes, but the most real, is what does that word even really mean? Like what, yeah. what okay. the most real portions of scripture where, in, in and of themselves, it seems, and this was one of the points I think you, you kind of made here on Sunday, was that it, it, it they seem like one of the most indicative that it's okay to struggle in the song. Yeah. Like, like they, they kind of let you know, it's okay to not have everything worked out. Is that kind of yeah. your experience as you went through, through this uh, passage? Yeah, for sure. I mean, people who listen to the sermon know I, I, I spent it almost half the time on the superscription portion, talking about yeah. ASAP and, and talking about where, they, but but I did that because just like you said, I was really struck by. I had some intellectual understanding of like, oh yeah, the Psalms are honest and all these different things, but I was really struck in a new way as I actually considered. I mean, I was I was thinking, would I ever hear, would I ever go to church on Sunday and hear a worship team sing this? Mm. Can I even imagine? right in america yeah. today and i was like no i don't think i can i i can't really fathom it right that our culture i think unhelpfully so a lot of times we are always looking for the next triumph you know like mm. we are we are very slow to sit in the difficulty of of pain, experience, and loss, and and I think it's human nature. I want to I want to rush through the good stuff, but it's reflected in our songs, you know, a lot of times, and, and just how we. It's always a good note, you know, that we're trying to end on, and I think that's powerful for all the normal reasons. But in real time, that's not how we experience life, you know. So sometimes it's not 
it's not super helpful. Like when Jesus dies on Friday, they don't know Sunday's coming. Not really. I mean, they, you know, they have a sense. They don't know. And it's easy for me to flip the page and skip right to Sunday. You know, it's very easy, but that's not how it worked for them. They lived all of Friday, all of Saturday. They lived it, you know? And um, so I love the Psalms for that reason, because it feels like they're camp. A lot of times the Psalms are camping out in those in-between days that we easily flip past. But, you know, and, but in real life, we don't get to, you know, your, your mom yeah, dies yeah. and she's, you know, and now what do you do? Yeah. And, yeah. and we all know that we all have some taste of that experience. And if not, we're going to. And so I, yeah, it was, it was humbling for me um, because like I said, I don't normally preach the Psalms and I just got to engage with them a little more purposefully than I normally get to. And, and so I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, Nice. Yeah. I, I, it's so funny you mentioned Easter because I was just thinking as you're talking about one of our favorite experiences through the whole um, church calendar year is our Good Friday service. Um, and I, I really appreciate what Lake Forest does, especially um, at Westlake when we do the service, because it feels like we've actually given ourselves to permission to just mm-hmm. sit in the uh, the uh, the discomfort of, yes. of Christ's death, which, uh, you know, then we put all through the lens of our life we try to apply that too that you know it's okay to sit in this kind of mm-hmm. we use the phrase i think sit in the tension a lot of yeah that. and i think it's that's helpful that's kind of cathartic in a way for us to sit sit with that and i was just i was just uh scrolling facebook this morning and i saw a, a friend of mine who was posting about his grandmother um who had passed away years and years ago but he was just talking about how cyclical grief is mm. uh, and how it just every year when when he re- is reminded of his grandmother's passing he he has to kind of wrestle with that again um Mm. and i think you're right i think we do a disservice to the human experience and in the experience of faith too um with with christ's um, comfort in those moments to to just kind of fast forward them and not and not see what we'd have for them yeah yeah i mean i think about um i think about communion uh with that you know of of uh, when you're talking about that cyclical grief um, and, and there's something, you know, in the in the in the West, um, unless maybe you're, you know, depending on your tradition, but a lot of Protestant Protestant um, churches, I think maybe our um, understanding of the Eucharist is just different. You know, like it's it's probably not as as uh, rich as it is in other parts of the Christian, you know, community, the Anglican. Right. Feelings, right. uh, you know, Catholics and Orthodox people, right? But but there's something to that where before we can eat the bread, it has to be broken, right? And so when he's saying, "Hey, do this in remembrance of me," I mean, we're remembering the whole. I, it's easy to say, "Oh, do this in remembrance that I rose," and it's like, well, yes, that's true, mm-hmm. but the sim the symbolism of the bread being broken, right, and the and the wine being poured is that. Jesus' body is broken and it, it, so so it's just interesting to me that even in that command hey do this as often as you can type thing that whole the whole life cycle of the death and the resurrection is wrapped up into that it's not just hey eat this because i've risen or whatever it's like actually remember my body was broken and there's a there's there's an intentional remembering right i need to break it first before i can eat it and remember that my blood yeah. was poured out. Okay, I need to pour it first before I can drink it. And I, I just think um, there's something to that. Um, I'm just thinking about that right now, but I, there's just there's something to that. Um, so when when you talk about oh sorry go ahead. 
No, go ahead. Keep going. I'm good. When, you, I'm when you mentioned in the past, like the uh, the cutting room floor stuff, this is one of those things I really I was so close to. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> we love this stuff. Hearing, but I'm a like my people say um, you can tell a lot by like maybe what someone's favorite verses or or um, you know passages of scripture. Um, yeah. But and so I'm not sure what fully this says about me, but mine is Hebrews five and seven. Um, okay. And it's uh, essentially in in the days of his flesh on earth, he just regularly offered up prayers uh, and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. Mm. Um, son that he was, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered, and essentially goes on to say, and he was made perfect by that, and that's why we worship him. Um, and and that is like my favorite, like uh, it's my anchor over and over. I, I just love that piece. And and so as I was preparing, I was thinking about, I was thinking about Asaph and and that history, that tradition of of of, of questioning, faithfully questioning, and 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 Jesus continuing that. And but Hebrews five and seven, um, I almost. <laughs> Went in there uh, for for a few reasons. One, because that I think that passage helps us to see it's a glimpse of more of Jesus's life than we get to see maybe in the Gospels, where yeah. we can be like, oh yeah, I, there's that time in Matthew 23 where he cries, and yeah, in John 11 he cries there. Yeah, but there's not that many times. It's not that many times to justify what the writer of Hebrews is saying that oh he regularly cried out with tears and prayers uh, to the one who could save him from death. You're like, oh, when did that, you know, what, yeah, where's it coming from? But it, but it's that sense of, well, this is that part, these are the parts that didn't always make it in, but like this was a, it was a relatively regular occasion that Jesus was in some, he was a man of many sorrows, you know, that's what he was. Um, yeah. and and I was, uh, yeah, I, I was so stuck on that, and there was this word, that word for like the loud cry, the type of cry it is, it's uh, like in Greek, it's like krage. Okay. And that is the same word used in Revelation 21 that says, hey, at, at the end of days, there will be no more crying, no more mourning. So, oh, wow. So, I, I mean, yeah, I was almost, bro, it was, but I was like, yeah. I'm too long winded. <laughs> I can't do it short, you know, but, but just this sense of that same crying Jesus was doing regularly is the same crying that will, you know, that like will be wiped away in, yeah. in the days to come. And so we know that it's not this because of his suffering. Too, yes because of yeah yeah i mean it, and so i it was encouraging to me to see that to say oh when jesus is crying it was they were super sanitized holy tears that you know they were godlike tears <laughs> you know and yeah. and i think they were right but whatever it was he was doing um which isn't to say it was sin at all but it was a product of a sinful world it will not exist in heaven right there won't be mourning right. like that there will only, there may be tears but they will only be tears of joy no one will be crying out like how jesus was crying out um yeah. and so it, that's always comforting to me when those times come for me and i wonder like man is this yeah. holy is this right and i'm like oh no no no, no. jesus did this and it wasn't just be, he wasn't just mourning because he's perfect and loves everyone else. There, there's something not right about the crying he was doing, such that it will not exist in heaven. And and it's okay for me to do that same sort of thing. So um, yeah, I love that too. And I'm thinking too about Christ in the garden and, and thinking about you know as he prayed and as he was under such stress, uh, 
you know, to, to sweat blood. You know, I think that's him in lament, right? That's him in that moment. Uh, that's a very Psalm-like thinking, you know, if, if there's any, any other way, there's any other way we oh. should take this cup from me. Come on, man. So good. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. powerful stuff to think. And, and so, like you're saying, so encouraging to say, well, if, if Christ had to go through this too, I can, I can do that. Right. Yeah. He was, he was human. You know, that's the, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the point that it reminds me. I mean, I, it's supposed to be basic, but I forget it all the time. I don't, you know, I don't often, I have to remind myself Jesus was human as more than a theological point, you know, but like, oh, he was, he was, a, he was a human who lived this. And, and so he had real human feelings. He wasn't a, yeah. he wasn't a holy automaton he wasn't a robot right he was a right. he was a person he, he had the full range of human emotions and he experienced them fully and it helps me reclaim um even as i don't want to be led by my emotions all the time they were created by god yes <laughs> they were created by god and they were created by god in such a way that apparently to fully express himself to us jesus had to become a human and he kept his emotions yeah, and, and so there's something holy and redemptive and good about them. They're not just things to avoid and and say, oh, I shouldn't feel that way. Like there's more to it than that. It, it's too reductionistic to just say, oh, you know, got to learn to got to learn to overcome that. It's like, well, Jesus didn't learn to over. I mean, we got to figure out what what we mean when we say that. You know. Yeah, and and to to do so to to reflect and to mourn and lament. Um, I've had this realization just in the past year, as it's been a heck of a year that we've gone through so many things pandemic um unrest i mean so much this year has just been a doozy right yeah. <laughs> i remember just being uh, one particular evening feeling uh extra frustrated and tired and just uh, to the point where i was about to rant on facebook and you know and that's never a good time. god god bless my wife you know she talked me down and i, I didn't end up doing it but um <laughs> I, I just had this realization um that I believe, you know, because I, as I maybe this is being male, you know, maybe this is just my personality, but I just, you, when something you see unrest, you see something, you, you feel like you have to go do something, you know, I just feel like I need to go out and fix it, gotta, gotta go do something. And then there this phrase there came to the phrase came to my mind that, well, to lament is to do something, you know, right. to, to be, to be in the midst of tension and suffering is to do mm. something and it is a holy practice you know of course we want to guard our hearts we want to make sure our hearts as to your point earlier we want to make sure we're in the right place and that the, it's a it's a, a a holy suffering that we're kind of walking through but right um, it's not it's not in action to lament it's not in action to 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 sit and 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 wrestle with this stuff yeah, and I, that was powerful for me to walk through, like, and to realize, like, oh yeah, that's and that that's the Psalms, right? I think mm -hmm. that is that holy work of just. Be, it's kind of being stuck, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. kind of being frustrated with how stuck you are, and and not knowing what to do except cry out, <laughs> and it's powerful. Come on, man, it is. It is powerful, and you you think about every time Jesus does. Every time Jesus stops to lament or to mourn or to pray, he, it's Jesus. He could have done something else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So me and you, like a lot, of, we're crying because we can't do anything else. Like, right. <laughs> but if I'm in John 11 when Lazarus dies, I'm crying because Lazarus is dead and I can't bring him back. 
Right. But that's not the same reason Jesus is crying, right? Every time he's doing that, he's doing it for a different reason than most of the times I'm doing it. And I think that's where that element of um, prayer as spiritual warfare comes in. Like when it, like what you just said, it's not nothing. It's not inaction. It's purposeful. Right. Like it's part of being like God somehow, you know, in this yeah. mysterious, um, strange way to our ears sometimes. And, and probably part of that is cultural. If I'm sure if we were in a different culture, this would make a lot more sense uh, yeah. to us more easily. But, um, but there is that sense of like, Jesus can do something else. Right. He like he can raise the person from the dead, but he's crying. And so. So instead of seeing this mourning or this weeping as a distraction. Saying, oh, no, this is actually part of what it means to bring the kingdom somehow. Because to me, the bring the kingdom is to raise him from the dead. No crying involved. I don't get it. What are you sad about? You know, but since Jesus could have done that and he didn't, we see, oh, no, no, that's part of it, too. And, and I would say that's anytime you're preaching and you, I'm sure you've had this experience, you, you almost always learn something, you know, like very rarely are you just preaching from your knowledge. A lot of times yeah, you, yeah. you have to preach and then God shows you something and you're like, Oh, and for me, it was the prayer as spiritual warfare. Like, Hey, like this sort of, okay. cause I'm not prone to thinking I am more prone to thinking, get over it. Like, yeah. Hey, we got stuff to do. Come on. Yep. Come on, you're wasting time. Like this is not I'm more it, it's and it's not good. It's a it's a real weak spot for me, but it's one of my weak spots. I'm more prone to think that way. And but because like you, maybe it's that maleness, I don't know, right? But it's yeah. like I need to get up and do I need to fight. I need to do something. This is not it. Because of that, for I feel like the Lord to communicate to me, no, 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 no. This is you're fighting right now. This is this is spiritual yeah. warfare right here. It helps me re- think about it and say, oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't, so I'm not going to rush away from this. Like, let me, mm-hmm. uh, let me engage in this as if it's uh, real spiritual work. So yeah, that was good for I, me. that's awesome. Awesome to learn those lessons. And I, I, I brought this up a bunch in the show, but it's just kind of where I am. And, and I, uh, I feel like I've learned so much as a new dad about God's heart for us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we're, my son just turned three a few weeks ago and um in in many ways i mean not in many i mean it's like every six months the kid changes i mean it's like a different kid wow every six six months um and you've been around i mean your uh your brother has a, a little one right is that right brent oh like, my you know, gosh yeah he has little, two now yeah, yeah and levi's three about to say Levi, okay. to your yeah. son and oh my gosh it's incredible to me well, and like and I'm the uncle, so I don't see it all that, you know, it's, yeah. it's oh, first wow. for me. I'm like, what in, the, what, what in the world? He's talking? He's it's, Yes. It's and not just talking. Him. Yeah, but yeah, in his personality. But anyways, keep going. Yeah. So, but, I mean, and so I, in the, being a three-year-old, affectionately call him our three-nager sometimes because, <laughs> the, like you say, personality's coming out, things are changing, emotions are, tensions are high, you know, I why can't I do this thing that I you know life and death really need to do and and you know there's sometimes when he just needs to let it out we can and i feel like his mom and i my wife do a pretty good job teaching him trying to get him to look at different moments to learn like how to behave how to act but at the same time he's three 
And sometimes yeah. three-year-olds just need to let it out. And I feel like there's there's a there's something very human about that. Mm. And even as we're talking about Christ, like that was that's his human side, really, that he needed to do have those moments of lament and and wrestling, uh, just to yeah, so he wouldn't explode. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And and there are some, you know, depending on the different tradition and camps. I know there's there's uh, like teachers and. Um, communicators of the gospel I really enjoy mm. but who I think mostly unknowingly sort of push this to be more faithful is to be less emotional yeah or even that there's some way that the, that the height of faith is inextricably linked with universal eternal joy like the more like if you are more faithful you will be more happy more often yeah and i think and there are probably actually some really good points to bring out of that in a culture that can sometimes um be obsessed with victimizing itself like you know like there's probably some good correction to that but mostly i'm like that's not true (laughs) it sounds good and it appeals to me but it doesn't make sense of, of jesus it's just like you it's if Jesus never sinned and yet he he regularly mourns, then that means that mourning is part of what it means to be fully human on this side of heaven. Now, maybe apparently that's not going to exist in the eschaton. You know, it's not going to exist in in heaven. So we can have that conversation later. Later, but I'm there's no you know there's there, there's no uh, uh, sort of fight between me mourning in some way grieving having a bad day yeah. like the cross yeah. that seems like a pretty bad day like yeah. i met a, i remember i had a student who was who <laughs> i love the heck out of the kid but he he was really frustrating because if you asked him how he was doing he would be like i'm great i'm always great because jesus rose and blah 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 and i'm like hey i appreciate that there, you know what we probably need a little bit more of that and he's like well jesus never had a bad day and i'm like hmm and you're just wrong. And that's yeah. why. And that's wrong. You're, just, you're, you're, just you're, wrong. You're, yeah. you're just wrong. You're just wrong. And you don't mean to be, but that's not helpful. It's not, it's not so helpful. Sweat some blood and see how you feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's, it's hard. It's hard to sweat blood uh, yeah. and uh, be having a good day, you know? Yeah. Um, at the very least, not to mention Hebrews 5 and 7, not to mention Matthew 23, not to mention, you know, yeah. John 11. Not, you know, um, and uh, so I'm saying that to myself because I, I know that to be true. And I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. I'd rather be like you know, take it on the chin. Let's let's move on. Um, but I don't think yeah. that's very holy. Yeah. Well, Brent, let's uh, let's close our time with perhaps the most fascinating and intriguing question from your sermon. What football position did you actually play? <laughs> so, like, I, it's hard for people to see now because I seem pretty athletic and I did run track in college. I was a D1 yeah, athlete. that's right. Right. So people don't fully understand me when I say this, but most of the people in my high school did not know I played sports in college because it was unthinkable that I could. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I became a good athlete in the span of about three and a half months. And it's, wow. that sounds strange. So people in college Amazing. just know me as the athlete. Yeah. People in high school are like, how did you, how, yeah. you know, you know, like, what are you talking about? You play, you did what in college? So I was a terrible high school athlete. And so I, what sport or what position did I play? I mean, I, 
everything. I was bad at everything. I played defensive back. I played safety. I played outside linebacker. I played um, halfback, running back. I played wide receiver. I was terrible at all of it. I was te- <laughs> I mean, seriously, in four years of constant, like I, I was a four year freshman to senior. I played football every year. I have a state championship ring. I did not earn because I was on the team. <laughs> Um, and I maybe played eight minutes total. Wow! In four years, I was really. Where bad. did you go again? Tell me which. I went to John you? G. Hoggard, which Hoggard. is a okay. Good, I was gonna say Hoggard. It's a four A school, like we're and and we're pretty good. Like we're we were good. The year we won the state championship, I think we had the number seven defense in the nation for high school. You know, like we were good and. Um, so maybe that's a bit of the factor. Like I was, yeah. you know, a lot of people on my team went to the NFL and different things like that. So, but, but also legitimately I was terrible. And okay. um, yeah, so I just never played. I was just trash. I, I wanted to bring that up because uh, for those listening who might not remember, Brent and I grew up in the same town. Um, and so as you're telling these stories, I was trying to remember, okay, where I was trying to pick, actually literally picture it. Cause I'm fairly familiar with the time. I, I thought you went to Hogwarts. I couldn't remember. And I, yeah. you know, I think, um, I'm a few years older than you, but I remember that. I think I remember the talk of that, like that Hogwarts team being so good and yeah. actually making a pretty decent run for a few years. Right. So I remember that. Yeah, we, I mean, we literally, we were there I for that. yeah, I was there for that. And we, we went. We won like fourteen straight conference champion. I don't think we lost a conference championship while I was there. So you know, it was a good team. Wow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it was a good team. And and then that year we won the state championship. We went undefeated, like fifteen and wow. zero, and we just smacked people. It was just rough. It's ridiculous. But, <laughs> but I was. T- but the point. But who cares? Because I was just watching, just like everybody else, on the sideline, getting beat up yeah. in practice by these monsters of men. Yeah. Um, so. God used it. High schoolers that were had no business being as big as they were. <laughs> oh no! There, the guy, uh, one of our linemen went seventh overall in the two thousand. Oh wow! Maybe sixteen draft, something. Like that. I don't know. Okay. Fifteen. Uh, his name is Jonathan Cooper, and okay. uh, yeah, and he was nicest guy ever. But literally, he would. I would be on like the little scout defense because yeah. I, that's all I could play. Yeah. <laughs> um, just be a warm body out there. And he was so kind and so strong and so big. He would pull from around the line and come and pick me up. Like, just like, he'd be like, hey, I'm not going to, he's like, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you. And he would just pick me up like I was a two-year-old and walk <laughs> me out 10 yards. And he'd like, just imagine that instead you were on the ground. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I was just I'm an amazing athlete and it's a scary, scary man. So anyways, yep. Well, what, what motivated you to kind of become the athletic guy then? I'm just curious. I don't have to get too much into it. But no, no. Where, where, where'd the change happen? The, the change happened that my senior, I was always a hard worker. It okay. bothered me endlessly that I didn't feel like I was good at anything and I hated not being good at football. Like I had some athletic qualities, but I was super uncoordinated. I just could not put okay. it together. And I was a I was raised on Dragon Ball Z and anime, right? So you just keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying. And uh and my dad was really instrumental to that. Um to get me to who was mm. always saying, Brent, you're building character and one day you'll appreciate it. Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. You know, and so I just never gave up. My senior year um, I began to run. Oh, I thought you were frozen. Anyways, my, my senior year, just I got asked, 
Long, like long story to run tracks. Okay. Oh. Oh, Jax. Long story short, I got asked to run hurdles for track. Okay. And nobody wanted to run hurdles. You know, it's embarrassing. You fall. Girls laugh at you. It's high school. Like, nobody wants to do that. Right. And I right. was right. terrible at track. I tried mid junior year. I literally lost every single race. It was demoralizing. I was like, I will never do track again. So it's not like wow. I was this yeah. super crazy fast guy. Anyways, he asked me because he knows I would. I obey authority. <laughs> and yeah. I was a team player. And so he's like, will you do it? I'll try it. Um, and you know what? There was this grace. Uh, it, it was like everything I had been working towards came together. It was just one of these weird little synergistic things, all these little things I was good at that I could never put together in other places. Hurdles was just like the perfect combination of things for me. And so I broke our school record in uh, high hurdles in wow, two and a half okay. months. I never hurdled before. I taught myself how to hurdle. And within two and a half months, I broke our school record. And I went to state championships and, and, um, and everyone was floored. My parents were floored. No, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. nobody saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. My parents didn't see it coming, coming. And, um, I just got really good. It, it just, you know, it was the right thing. I just never tried it before and it was the right thing. And so that's how I got to college. So I was good enough. I'd missed all the recruiting windows, but I broke my, you know, I broke our school record with no coaches, you know, and, and, wow. and two and a half months. And so that's how I, I got to walk on and eventually become a scholarship athlete and the rest is history. Amazing. Amazing. So. Well, let's, uh, let's try to get back to the, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. thanks for the little tangent there. I love that. I was trying to think of a good segue, like, and if we practice lamenting, we, we can get really good at that too. But I was like, it's all too bad. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> but anyway, what's, what's kind of a closing thought we can leave people with out of Psalm 73? What's kind of the big takeaway that we need to have from this passage of scripture? Yeah. Um, I, I would say largely, and this is what I would say for myself, because I, I actively struggle with it. Um, that when we are alone and we bring our issues to God, um, when we do that, we are doing worthy, holy work. Mm. Like that, there are large seasons where that is the holiest, most evangelistic, righteous thing that we can do. Um, and that if we'll persist there, God will make himself known to us in a, in a way that matters, right? And so. Yeah. Amen. Well, Brent, you're always such a blessing to our church. Thanks for, for coming and, and speaking and then dissecting the message a little bit with me here today. Thank you. Yeah, man, you know it. Love you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Tell Us More. Join us next week when we ask those who speak to us to do just that. Tell us more. Goodbye. Bye.